0: But moving right along here, we have a clip that is about another uh, trade partner that seems to be our main trade partner that we keep seeing uh, rumors about and have in the past been uh, a quite frequent trade partner, and that's with the Tampa Bay. And this, this uh, segment you specifically looks at Randy Rosarena, Isaac Paredes, uh, Glassnow, But also kind of focuses on Hano's point of view of that. It is buyer beware with Tampa when dealing with them. Let's check it out. You think it's with Tampa Bay, it's they want starting pitching and they want right now, ready to play pitchers. You don't see them. the mariners dealing for somebody like i was asking um like a young a pd uh uh, ford class a
1: i mean i don't know jerry seems to really hold on to his prospects um anything's possible with this team i was expecting them to spend last year they didn't i was expecting them to load up this year kind of you know they talked about the core this is the time uh, I don't know what they're gonna do. It's something daily with this organization, what's going on?
0: Okay, so let me re this a different way, I guess. If it's you and you have to get rid of something, you know, to get that hitting that you want right now in this window, are you are you dealing deeper down into the farm on some of your hot prospects, or are you parting ways with woo? uh a miller possibly a logan possibly a brash what are you doing
1: i mean it it all depends on the scenario for the package let's just say for fun since we're talking about a rose arena um i don't know what tampa wants uh they've been a little bit i read they've been talking about getting rid of glass now they're you know really good quality pitcher um Maybe they'll need someone to uh, slide in for that if they have corresponding moves. Um, I would just think, I would think they'd want pitching. That's the talk of baseball as our young starting pitching. Um, I could see, I could see Logan going. Uh, if that was the case, then if the Mariners were able to then have any extra money in the piggy bank and swoop up Snell, who wants to be there, be here, then uh, that's something that could work out.
0: Yeah, I mean Glasnow, Let's see, twenty-one starts last year, ten and seven record, three point five three ERA, uh, over one uh, WHIP. Let's see, uh, one hundred and twenty innings pitched, one hundred and sixty-two strikeouts. Uh, but the main thing is he's got a he's got one more of the heftier contracts over there. He's age thirty, right? So.
1: And first year back from arm surgery.
0: So this is definitely somebody that, if you are getting a Rosarena, this seems like this would be probably the top candidate of who they also want you to take.
1: Oh, it would be a massive package for a Rosarena in glass now. I mean, yeah, you would have to start throwing in those guys you mentioned from down
0: in the farm. Uh, Next year, ooh. Yeah, he's a uh, arbitration uh 2023 he was uh 5 million by this last year he was 5.3 uh his salary for uh 2024 says 25 million. That's
1: why Tampa wants to cut bait.
0: Yeah, and that's why I'm saying this is somebody I feel like if you're going to get in a Rosa Reina, who's what, like $9 million next year, uh, that we are, you're going to see them unload somebody like this, like this has got to be the guy. So is this why the Mariners were cleaning, uh, like scavenging around for the money? Cause they know that, Hey, they got to spend some money to get this guy along with what you're sending.
1: Yeah. I mean, you mentioned if those two were in a deal and Rosenthal said, that The Mariners need to uh, find some money, like you said, and uh, um, with clearing out the guys that they did, maybe it is a massive trade like this. Who knows?
0: Rosarina uh, was played. Uh, had a great calendar year of baseball last year. WBC All Star. Um, dude's a baller. Dude has swag. I I'd, I'd love to get him. I wish it was under different circumstances. But, uh, I mean, if, if the opportunity's there with the window, if you are maintaining a lot of your pitching, I I would have to pull a trigger on this guy. You know, he's been to the series. He's a ALCS, you know, MVP.
1: Yeah, we need offense. What is his contract up?
0: Well, this is his second year of arbitration in 2024. So he becomes an unrestricted free agent in 2027. Obviously that number is going to go up and up until you get there, but I think you're getting a guy, if you get him a guy right there in his prime. Not ascending and he's like sitting right there in his prime right now. It's 28, he'll be 29 next year. By the time he's an unrestricted free agent, because he got a little bit of a late start coming from Cuba, he's going to be 32 years old.
1: Yeah, the Mariners want controllable players. So, yeah, he's been rumored. I'd love to have him.
0: And it seems like that is what's going to happen, if if anything happens, as far as a big trade for player, I would think that's going to be the guy. There's just been enough smoke between seattle and tampa bay and they just seem like they're the type of dancing and trading partners
1: yeah they sure had a lot of trades and uh you know some of them have not really worked out for either club that that well yeah it's like know, they have- from what they were expected to be at least
0: oh yeah oh yeah and tampa bay has sent out some lemons yeah They're they're like you mentioned earlier. They are very, very good at knowing when to cut bait. So you have to be a bit. I think the best guy we got from Tampa Bay, um, in recent whiles, I'm going to say it, Denard Span, uh, you (laughs) you know, that had a that had like a positive, uh, effect on the team. No real bumps in the road. I mean, Everybody else that seemed to be up and down. I know Randy Wynn, if we want to go in the way, way back machine, you know, Randy Wynn for Lou Pinella. Uh Randy Wynn was a nice little solid player. But in between that, it's been it's been a little rocky. And you've seen them also, what was that pitcher that they traded to Pittsburgh? Um, he ended up in Minnesota. Gosh, I forgot his name, but he was a he was a really good starter. Archer. Archer kind of fizzled out. Uh, but yeah, I'm
1: not surprised you mentioned Denard Span. I know you run an undercover uh, <laughs> fan club for him. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Denard Span was a nice little left-handed bat. Man, <laughs> played solid. He hit 300 for the Mariners. He came over his season was going a little bit, uh, you know, not Denard Span like. I think he hit like 304 the entire time he was on that 2018 team that was just going down. You know. <laughs> Yeah, the wheels fell off. Everybody knows the story. Um, but yeah, Tampa Bay likes to trade. The Mariners, you know, Jerry loves to trade. And maybe Jerry enjoys trading, but now we're really getting to see why he's got to trade so goddamn much. You know, he's got to go to the flea market. He can't go to Macy's. Oh, yeah. I mean, turnips.
1: Yeah, it's... I was just hoping this would be the year where, you know, we're building, we're adding on. Yeah, we start to get, you know, get rid of these high prospects to get the superstar player to finish off the rebuild. But now we're just taking lateral moves and that sucks as a Mariner fan.
0: All right, at the top of the show, you heard in the clip with NBC, Carl Tart. he used the word satire. So I think I'm going to bookend this thing with a little bit of satire. Uh, this was a, a fun article. Actually, it was a post on their Instagram by The Needling. If you have not seen The Needling or read their stuff, go check them out on Instagram. They are like The Onion, The National Lampoon, kind of like the almost live uh, style uh article writing about uh seattle and seattle pop culture they also will always chime in on the sports stuff they had a really good posting that i read that i thought was really smart really funny very satirical and then also i was kind of like wait a second this almost feels like a real article about how crazy things were like if i would had just read this somewhere and been like wow this is insane but as i uh, clipped this and put it on here I noticed after that on that episode, we were talking about Sweet Lou, our beloved Lou Piniella, missing out on the MLB Hall of Fame by one vote. And I think actually I'm going to add that in there. We love Sweet Lou. We know he's going to get in next year, but I feel like that's a fitting way to... And this episode, again, thanks for liking, subscribing, and all that good stuff. Check these clips out, and also check out these episodes if you had missed them. That's kind of what this episode's about, is going back and checking those out. And also this week, if you have commented on these on our YouTube, on our Twitter, on Instagram, or anything like that, or Reddit, uh, keep them coming this week. We're going to do a comments episode or a fan feedback episode or listener feedback episode that we'll get out by the weekend. So get your comments in right now. Anyways, I'm going to shut up and let you sail off to this last segment. Again, this is the needling. This is the clip about the needling episode and a little bit of talking of sweet Lou. Uh, there was another article that was out there that sounds eerily similar to basically what Daniel Kramer was doing it It was by the needling and if you have not heard of the needling it is like the onion it is like the national Lampoon, the almost live kind of news postings that is seattle centric well they had some insight on this and uh I'll let me just read this article and though it is a you know a satire article from the article that we just started with at the start of this show you can see some truths in this article here. And this was written before Daniel Kramer wrote his. This is from a couple of days ago. It's on the needling. If you're on Instagram, they're there. They're they're great. The article is titled Seattle Mariners announced you are playing outfield next season in the latest cost-saving move. All right, let me read this for you guys because this actually kind of reads like the rest of the articles. Like I was saying, you be the judge. And it reads, despite bragging about being the most profitable team in baseball just last year, today the Seattle Mariners have announced that you will be playing outfield next season in their latest cost saving move. Following the recent salary dump trades of Eugenio Suarez, Jared Kelnick, Marco Gonzalez, and Evan White. Quote, management is asking us to tighten our belts again so we don't have to spend any money to get help for the team. So, we're going to be putting you in the outfield on opening day. We can't afford to provide that either, end quote, said Mariners GM Jerry DiPoto. Quote, you'll be fine. Just stand there and let Julio cover most of the grass. And when you get up to bat, try to get hit by a pitch like Ty France. I mean... This can't turn out any worse than our Tommy LaStella, AJ Pollock, Colton Wong, Adam Fraser, and Jesse Winker moves, right? Right? End quote. The Mariners ranked 10th in attendance in 2023 after finally breaking a 20-year playoff drought, and ownership was quick to reward fans' enduring loyalty and patience by raising ticket prices 25% while teasing fans about a potential Otani signing that everyone knows they won't shell out the money for. Quote, these ungrateful fans will be a lot more appreciative when they realize these moves will just get us closer to signing Otani. That's right, Craig Otani, a shoreline mechanic that plays softball on the weekends at Green Lake, end quote, said Mariner's CEO, John Stanton. Quote, he has great fundamentals. He never misses a game because of car troubles. And this Otani hits, pitches, covers shortstop because they don't want to forfeit when they can't find nine friends to play with. And just think of all the Otani jerseys we'll be able to sell at a fraction of the cost. End quote. Mariner's ownership also announced that in 2024, ushers would start passing around a collection plate at home games to raise funds for future ownership investments that would be utilized anywhere but on the field. I mean, if you were just reading that article, not knowing it was from the needling who does great satire pieces, that sounds about right. It sounds kind of accurate. It sounds believable to me.
1: Oh, it's it, it's good. It sounds very accurate, very similar to Daniels, in some aspects. And it just another thing gets brought up that just irritates me: the raising of the ticket prices by twenty five percent. I mean, what's going on here? I just the fans are the last with this Mariners organization ownership. It sucks.
0: uh, i think my favorite part of that that whole article is like all right you'll be playing outfield but bring your own glove we will not be providing one (laughs) they don't
1: have money for that yeah the, the the sunday afternoon pop fly contest is actually tryouts now
0: yeah uh there's some good comments here on these uh people excited for craig otani put me in uh put me in coach uh let's see uh this is at shawak let's see who wrote this this guy whoever wrote this uh walk is his name i'm looking at his
1: wakamatsu
0: shawakamatsu
1: oh, sh- oh they said walk sorry yeah.
0: I would love to have some of these uh, needling guys come on the podcast one time. They actually do cover, do a bit of a Mariner satire, and I think they they get it right. They get it from the fans' point of view. They do a lot of, like, good sports satire articles. They got one about Climate Pledge Arena. Uh, Climate Pledge Arena to offer a hot dog, small drink, and a kick in the throat for $49.99. <laughs> Uh, they have a Mariners one that says "Shoplifting, Jump Start, Tax Misdemeanor, Drug Use, Forced Mariners to Miss uh, MLB Playoffs." Oh, that was from earlier. But uh, yeah, I I just the thing is, when you start, when you're when you start to be when you start to become that satire, become that joke instead of laughing along with it, and you become the joke. That's how. Crazy this is like if you'd have just taken this article and maybe took out a couple of little itty bitty things, like uh maybe take out the glove thing, maybe just all the rest of it. <laughs> it's believable, even the Craig O'Tani. It's all believable. because no, those are the kind of guys that Jerry ends up getting in these trades. It's always back to that that scene from Major League where they go, they're reading the names off and they're like, Who are these fucking guys? You know, that's what it always is.
1: This organization something else. They're always just doing something, sticking their foot in their mouth. They need a kick in the ass. I mean, they had so much momentum the last few years making the playoffs and it, they have not capitalized at all and people are pissed and rightfully so and they do everything they can without thinking twice about it on how to rectify or at least sound, you know, somewhat conscientious of it. I mean, when they sent their uh social media post out when they traded those three guys they sent they put them all in one thing and didn't even like individually thank them i mean they're just tone deaf on everything they do
0: yeah let me let me that's a good thing to pull up here i'm gonna go to their to their instagram um mariners because let's see yeah you're right they put out one graphic you know me, I'm making graphics for the show now, personally. I make more than three in an hour. I, you know what? We should personally, we should personally make them a, a thumbnail each. So, yeah, they did. Thank you, Evan, Marco, and Jared, for your efforts in the field and in our community and in the clubhouse. Thank you for everything. And then, before they even thanked them, they welcomed Jackson Cower. Yeah, I mean, that I... The, I post did. Before, the post before said, we have acquired Jackson Cowher from and minor league pitcher Cole Phillips from the Braves in exchange for Marco, Jared, and Evan. I know that is that is how it is. That's just the spin you're going to do. Mariners could have the worst game on earth, and the social media is going to jazz it up. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean, I, they have the toughest job in the city, that's for sure, Mariners. Mariners... Uh, admins i mean to their credit though the next day or so after they did put a nice video for
0: marco so i did see that that one on youtube is really nice where yeah. they showed him from you know signing his coming to the mariners signing his contract throwing complete game working in the community he did mean a lot to this organization and uh, you know he's one of those tone setters for that clubhouse uh always a compete a guy who competes uh look that. The numbers don't lie. He had the quality starts, but to your point though about the Mariners' operation, uh, operation people and the social media, they do a great job. They probably come in all the time and they're just like, "Oh fuck," (laughs) you know what I mean? It's not. Just imagine if you work for the Dodgers or you work for the Braves, one of these. It's the easiest shit. You're like, you know what? We don't have anything today. Let's just go down and uh, let's let's watch Mookie Betts take batting practice. Million views, you know. Mariners, it's always like. Well, let's put out this fucking uh, PR fire.
1: Well, if I, yeah, I mean, if I was in charge, I would say this is how I would spice it up for him. And that's, this is just me, you know, when they do those nice videos for Marco, you mentioned they go over, you know, when he signed and all that stuff, I'd like to see some footage about when they give him a call, letting him know he's been traded. They should throw that in there as well. I want to see those videos. (laughs) I know
0: they're going to bring guys up, but they're going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, look, give us some of that hard Knox footage <laughs> yeah. be honest, because that's what Scott service was talking about, right? He had to talk to these guys afterwards. I mean, especially guys like Mark, these three, Marco, who's been with him since what? 2017.
1: Yeah. It feels like forever. I mean, he's the one who started this rotation when it was getting built up as the number one. I mean, he was he was getting the starts over Felix at the end of his career to start opening day.
0: Is it has been a tough week and and just the cherry on top of everything, just a little, little, little another kick to the nuts, kick to the jaw. Let's keep it clean. Kick to the throat, as the needling would say, along with that hot dog and that drink for $4.99. Lou Piniella falls one vote. or let's say one cigarette short of the MLB Hall of Fame, Jim Leland gets in. They can only let two or one, they can only let one chain smoker in, (laughs) chain smoking manager in the Major League Hall of Fame. I think Lou will be in there next year. Um, I wish it would have happened right now, but now that he's been this close, it's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to talk and campaign uh, for Lou Piniella for the next year.
1: Yeah, my favorite all-time Mariner manager. I mean, when when that announcement was made way back when, I thought, "Oh boy, we're on the way to big things." And we he he did some big things for us. Um, but yeah, I'm pulling for him. He will get in soon.
0: Yeah, Lou Pinella. Bottom bottom line. I know we talk Griffey. Uh, we talk about Edgar. That all uh, the Hall of Famers, the great players on the field Lou Piniella I've said this before Lou Piniella was what Mike Holmgren was to the Seahawks where it completely changed it you brought somebody in that the baseball world knew the baseball world loved him hated him respected him he had a ring he was a Yankee played on all those great Yankees team he brought winning into the city that we had never had never in that clubhouse and You know, the entire time Lou Piniella was here, we were either in it, close to in it, or exciting.
1: Yeah, what a guy. I must see TV every night just seeing him, whether it was in the kingdom in the corner, kind of bouncing his feet back and forth off the turf. Or you might catch him smoking a stogie, like you said, in the tunnel area or what have you, or throwing his hat or throwing a base. But uh those players were he uh they played hard for him. He was one of a kind and such a treat for us, especially with us growing up in that era with that team, having him be our manager, never forget it.
0: Yeah, three uh trips to the playoffs in ten years, he leaves you know the rest of this you know the rest of this story
1: yeah what is it? one in twenty two now
0: yes and uh you know Lu Panello d- d- very old school about as old school as you get a uh, chip off the old block from Billy Martin um but uh yeah, people always give him a little bit of shit for running through running through his pitchers and his bullpens uh, but. You know, that kind of seems like a Mariners thing, not a Lupinella thing.
1: He did not like guys that did not throw strikes. He did not have any tolerance for that. And I like, I like that about him.
0: I do. Yeah. I like the way that I know maybe some people have to say things about Pete Carroll's football. I like that he's a coach that does not like fumbling and turnovers. And a baseball manager, I guess the equivalent of that is airs and walks.
1: Yep. Throw strikes, kid. That would be a a quick little line, or quick little line he would give his relief pitcher as he goes out for a quick check on him. (laughs) Throw strikes, kid.
0: That was it. That was it.
1: Short and sweet. Just like this podcast.